Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. We are no doubt living in unprecedented times where we have pastors all across the nation that are scrambling with the decision on whether or not to cancel church. And that is a decision that doesn't come lightly. It's a decision that many pastors and elders that I've been in contact with and talked with that are dealing with this thing with a heaviness. Some have easily made the decision to not gather as the church anymore for a short time being or however long it takes for this pandemic to end, this coronavirus to go away, or for life to get back to normal as we know it. And uh, there are some pastors that are really struggling with whether or not to keep the doors open or whether to move to an online presence or uh, just don't know what to do. I mean, this is just a time that we are living in and a time that is just oh so... Uh, interesting because we really have never had to deal with anything like this in our lifetime. Everybody that I've talked to has never had to deal with any of this before. And uh, it just shows that we should be ready and and willing to tackle anything that comes our way as pastors. So I know that many of you that are listening are pastors or you are uh, in some form of leadership or you just attend a church some of you listening may not t- attend a church. You just may be listening for whatever reason, and that's okay, too. We love you. Uh, but I know that everybody is struggling right now with what to do with our Sunday morning gatherings. Should we modify our weekly gathering and modify our Sunday but still have our regular scheduled worship gathering on Sunday morning? Uh, should What should we do? Should we move to Facebook Live or YouTube Live, or should we start broadcasting our services somehow? And these are very real questions. So I want to hopefully, not, I'm probably not going to give you an answer on this podcast. I would love some interaction if anybody wants to interact and let, a, let me know what your church is doing and your thought process behind it, because the thing is, we're at a fork in the road. As leadership, as church pastors, as elders, we're at a leadership uh, fork in the road. And, and what I mean by that is we can take one of two options, and one uh, is going to be criticized and loved. At the same time, if you take the other path, it's going to be criticized and loved as well. So path number one. What is path number one? We can continue down this path and consider our churches business as usual. We, uh, we gather, we meet, our doors are open. Um, we hear what the CDC recommends, we hear what our different governors are recommending, but we want to understand the the biblical gathering of the saints, and we want to keep that option open. We want to continue to do so regardless, because uh, to be fair, the government can't mandate you shut down until, from what I understand, martial law is declared. Now, there's always some loopholes, some things that can go on and take place, but uh, just simply recommending things doesn't necessarily mean that they can make you shut your doors. Now, I know there's some other legality issues there. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe one day we'll have uh, um, someone that knows more than I do that can help us walk through these things. But from what I understand, if your state declares a state of emergency, then those recommendations may come more of a 
more closer to a mandate, or maybe they can still stay recommendations. I don't know. I'm not that. But what we do find ourselves, regardless of what the CDC is recommending and regardless of no martial law, regardless of no mandate on churches that can't meet, we find ourselves at this crossroad. Many pastors and leaders and elders want to go down this path of remaining open. I will put my uh, cards on the table and tell you that that's my position. I want to remain open. I want to continue to gather with the saints. I want to continue to operate at a full function, uh, the way we do church every week, uh, whether that be our midweek gatherings. I still want those to happen. I still want to gather with the saints on Sunday mornings for our Sunday school time, our, our main worship time. And that's what I want to do. But then we have this other fork, other other fork in the road where we can go down, and that is to cancel the physical gathering of the church for a time being and go online, or send our people to listen to other online things, or do some other uh, uh, a thing in lieu of physically gathering together to eliminate the risk of spreading this virus to one another. As I mentioned, both of those are going to be ridiculed. They're going to be, uh, you're going to be met with handshakes and high five, probably like one of the air high fives. You're probably not going to get a lot of real handshakes anymore these days. You're going to get met with criticism, with praise from either decision you make, either fork in the road that you make. You are going to get some sort of pushback and some sort of praise for the decisions that were made regarding your congregation. Now, there's obviously, when it comes to a fork, I like to eat. I see normally four prongs on a fork. So there is uh, obviously another way you can go. You can modify your gathering as a whole. For instance, you can cancel your midweek gatherings. You can cancel Sunday school, but still hold the primary worship gathering as the church. So that is something that uh, you could do as well just to modify what's going on in your uh, congregation. And um, that is an option. It's a very real option. But at the same time, you're still going to be met with criticism with should you or should you not even gather publicly, as many people are are saying as far as from the president on down, I know, to eliminate gatherings of 10 people or more. Uh, There are some states, including my state here in Arkansas, the governor is still staying to that 50 mark to have um, gatherings eliminated over 50 people, and then some states are 25 people, but another fork in the road, another road you can go down, another option of as far as modifying your services, you could offer two services to eliminate, so in my state, if it's 50, and we have 100 people uh, on average that show up during this pandemic, then we see that we can offer two services to have fewer people in those congregations. That's just an idea. That's just another thought. That's just another way. So we have so many ideas out there, so many thoughts, so many things that we could do, uh, so many modifications that we could make. But what is the right answer? That's the biggest question because here's the two sides of the coin, so to speak. For one, we keep going, loving our people, shepherding them well. We meet. We gather as the church. We don't uh, stop meeting We continue to do so, trust God, because listen, I know God is sovereign. I know that um, if he wanted me to get the coronavirus, I could wash my hands a thousand times a day and still get the coronavirus, right? So God is sovereign, and his providential hand is going to move in my life as well as in your life. 
So we can still meet, we can still gather, and we can still love and shepherd our people well. Now, the flip side of that, here's the other side of that coin, is are we loving our people and protecting our people as elders and protecting the flock that God has entrusted us with by continuing to gather and ignoring, so to speak, and that may be a harsh word because I don't want to say that we're ignoring the guidelines. We just want to, we, most of us would say that we have the Lord and his word and the things of God in a greater, higher standard than we do recommendations from CDC or governing authorities. So I don't want to necessarily say we're ignoring those recommendations or guidelines, but we find ourselves um, doing the opposite, so to speak. So are we really loving and caring for our congregation by continuing to meet. Now, one of the things that's been said about this virus is you can be a carrier for up to so many days and not know you have it, and you can also be a carrier of it and never show any symptoms, never get sick, but you could infect other people. Now, it's been clear over the last week or two that people that are older, that are elderly, people that have other conditions, are, are really subject to experience the major complications from this virus. So if we have a person that comes into our church that has been in the uh, medical industry or the hospitals or working there or working in a factory, they have to go in and out, they're around people, they could potentially be carrying this virus and not know it and then give it somehow to someone else, whether that's sneeze, a cough, or something and I did read today that this isn't an airborne virus. It is, you do catch it just like you do a cold, whether that be through somebody's sneeze, cough, fluids, anything like that. So that's why they're recommending a six-foot uh, distance between people. So uh, either way, that is the question now. Yes, we can meet. We can still love our people, care for our people, teach the Word of God, uh, worship together as a body of believers, and and love them well. But also on the flip, are we loving them well if we continue to gather in the midst of this health crisis, in the middle of something that nobody has ever had to lead through before that is alive right now, from what I'm understanding? <clears throat> that there are many people that say they've not seen nothing like this. A pandemic spread across our country and across our world like is happening right before our eyes. I, I read something yesterday that says we are a living history lesson right now. Like this will be in the history books, and we are living through it. So what do we do as churches? We see things closing around us, beginning with all the sports. There are no more sports. I think this is day five of no sports, and this is, uh, man, I miss sports. But this is the reality we live in right now. So all the sports have closed down. Schools have closed down. Universities have closed down. They are now closing down gyms, restaurants, malls, theaters, all sorts of things all across the country in different areas. Now, each governor is uh, saying who's closing down what. And so right now, our things are still open. We have modified hours on certain things. Different uh, companies are closing uh, the insides of their restaurants and doing pickup only. But, but nonetheless, we see all of these people and all of these secular industries that are closing or making modifications. So all eyes are going to be on the church. Although I haven't heard a lot about meeting and gathering as the church from our governor or even the president. They don't ever mention churches or anything. They say those that are kind of exempt from the recommendations would be factory workers, uh, food industry workers, um, uh, grocery store workers, pharmacists, and healthcare workers. 
So they're kind of outside of those recommendations because they need to continue to work as well as uh, transportation people and all those things like that, which we are very grateful for uh, and thankful for the sacrifices they're making. So what do we do as the church when the world is shutting down and, and heeding the advice from the CDC and the government and saying, okay, to help with this curve, help lower the curve, help this thing not shoot way up, and we have a bunch of deaths that could go, uh, really, we wouldn't have them if we would just listen to the recommendations and and do what they're recommending. So with the world watching the church, what do we do? When do we cancel? Here's what I think, and this I'm not going to give you an answer of when you should cancel your church services or what you should do. I'm not going to tell you how to function or how to do your things. I can tell you as of uh, what our church is doing right now, our elders met using social distancing. I We met on over Zoom uh, and had a video conference. So last night we met over technology and we discussed. So I'll tell you what we're doing right now. What our plan is moving forward is we have currently canceled our Wednesday night uh, classes. We have canceled Sunday school and we are reevaluating uh, our worship service, and we're going to make a, a decision on that Thursday evening. So we haven't fully canceled our church. We haven't fully uh, done away with everything, but we have modified our week and, and what it looks like. So what about for you? What about in your church? When should you cancel church? When should you make modifications, or should you make modifications at all? I don't have the answer for you, but here's what I do know. That in light of being criticized and praised for either decision you make, here's the thing that I would offer. Whether you make modifications or you cancel your church services altogether, here's what I do know. That you have made this decision based off of recommendations. I, I would say that you have probably sought out wise counsel, both biblical and even in the secular world from people in the health industry. We have done so with health industry workers in our in our congregation, with law enforcement, which we have in our congregation. We've reached out and, and talked to these folks and, and gotten their input and what they think. So if you have done all these things and at the end of the day you've de- determined and your leadership has determined you're going to modify or cancel your worship gatherings, here's what we need to do as believers. We need to pray for you. We need to respect your decision We need to love you through this difficult decision. We should not look down on you for making these decisions. So if you know of a church or somebody that is um, making hard decisions like this and modifying or canceling services and moving online or whatever else their plan may be, we need to support these churches. We need to love these churches. We don't need to throw stones at each other. We don't need to uh, look at one another and say, well, I would have never done that, or I wish you wouldn't have done that, or you don't love Jesus because you've canceled your church services. It's not about loving Jesus. It's about worshiping God, giving him glory, exalting Christ, and caring for the congregation that he's entrusted us with. And we can look back and we can see that Spurgeon led and, and continued to preach the gospel through the cholera outbreak in the 1854. And uh, we can look at the plague that was uh, haunting Martin Luther. And even in Uh, There may be some quotes from Martin Luther going around about the plague, and and it's really, uh, we really can't distinguish whether or not Luther kept meeting and gathering as the church or not during the plague. So uh, one decision is no greater than the other. As long as every decision we make is to honor and glorify God, as long as we're exalting Christ and equipping and encouraging and protecting 
the flock that God has entrusted us with. So if you've done that, we appreciate you, we love you, we care for you, and we're going to be for you, not against you. Now, on the other hand, if a church has decided that they're going to continue as usual, that everything is still on from their midweek gatherings to their Sunday gatherings, nothing has changed, then we should not throw throw rocks at those folks either. We shouldn't throw things at those churches. So we need to understand and, and, and look at one another's decisions and understand that these are just tough times that we're living in. We are making decisions as leadership that we've never had to make before and hopefully we never have to make again. So we're basically setting a, 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 a standard on how to respond as the church when something like this happens. So if somebody continues to... Uh, hold their weekly gatherings. Don't look at them and, and, and throw rocks at them and don't berate them and don't tear them down and don't argue with them and don't debate them and don't say that they're godless people for continuing to preach and, and, and open their church doors because I think that when we do so, we are causing an unnecessary division amongst the body of Christ. And that is what we are told not to do all throughout Scripture, that unity is what we should seek, what we should strive for, not only in our local congregations, but I think as the universal church as a whole, we should be able to seek unity and be unified in all things, even if our churches look a little different than other churches, even if we are gathering and the church down the street isn't gathering, we should still be unified with those brothers and sisters in Christ and uphold their decisions and make sure that they know that we love and care for them regardless of the decisions they make because, again, these are tough, tough decisions. And we have to be willing and ready to tell our brothers and sisters in Christ that we applaud them, we love them, we're for them, not against them, we're not going to tear them down, and if there's anything that we can do to help one another, we'll be there to do so. Another thing that churches can do during this time, one of the difficult things that's going to happen for many churches is uh, if they have to, to, to close their doors for a time of, of, of who knows how long, regardless of how long this thing goes on, if they have to close their doors for two, three, four weeks or greater, a lot of churches will have a heavy financial strain put on them. But here's the thing. I was talking to a brother in Christ just yesterday about this, and he said, and uh, is Pastor T.J. Francis, my mentor, I love talking to this brother, especially through times like this. He said that God has taken care of his church for over 2,000 years. He's going to continue to take care of his church until Jesus comes back. So let that be some encouragement to you smaller churches. We fall into that. We average about a 125, 130 people per Sunday. If everybody was there, we wouldn't we would be over 150. Uh, so we have that smaller church and if we were to go 3-4 weeks or longer with that closing our doors because we know that historically if you're not gathering, the offering is going to be a lot lower than if you were. So these are even greater reasons to lament and, and pray over and, and just make sure we're making the right decisions. So we don't want to make it these decisions based off money. And here's where I'm getting to. Churches can use this opportunity because the world is watching the church whether we know it or not. The world is watching to see how the church is going to respond during this difficult time. So are we going to respond and beg for money? Um, sadly, I saw one uh, pastor that I, I really respect, and uh, his church is 
uh, just an, been an amazing blessing. And uh, many of you may have seen the video. He's he's a, a kind of a major pastor in the world, and he just was begging for people to continue to give. And here's what uh, Pastor T.J. Francis and I talked about yesterday. With the world watching, this is a perfect op- opportunity for the church to be the church. The church can do he did a video for his church it was beautiful i loved it he said church we're going to be fine god is taking care of his church he will continue to do so until jesus comes back if you have an offering that you would normally give that you could use to help someone buy groceries that you could help your neighbor do so because that's the church being the church and we want to be the church all the time but in a world where the church has taken so much negativity and, and and has taken so much criticism now is the perfect opportunity even the churches that would almost crumble under the weight of not being able to gather for weeks up at, at a time and the giving may reduce it's a beautiful time for even those pastors to reach out to their congregations and say listen if you can take your offering and help your neighbor do so because God will take care of this church. Now, churches, we could lose our buildings, we could lose uh, all sorts of things, but the church doesn't cease being the church. You can take the building away, but you don't take the church away. This is God's church, and whether you have to stand in a tent in a field the next Sunday that we're all able to gather again and proclaim the gospel of Christ, that's what you do. So I would encourage you, church leaders, to not let money drive your decisions. Don't let the government drive your decisions. Don't let anything other than the Word of God drive your decisions in what you do when it comes to church. You can leave them open, you can modify them, or you can close them down altogether for a time being. But whatever you do, make sure what you do is giving God glory. Make sure you're going to exalt Christ. Make sure you're going to equip the saints Make sure that you're going to proclaim the gospel and make sure that you encourage, protect, and watch over the flock of God that has been given to you, which means if you cancel church services, it's going to be very easy for people to get in the routine of not coming to church. So that's when this is an important time to make sure that you stay uh, in communication with your church members from the pastor. If you're a single model pastor or if you have a plurality of leaders and have an elder board it is important including deacons for for you to stay on top of this during this difficult time so that your people are encouraged and when it's time to gather again they will come back so one of the biggest things that you can do is communicate think outside the box some of the things that we're going to be doing as our church at least this week and we're monitoring this thing because it seems to change every day It's kind of up, down, all around. So we're just kind of monitoring this thing and seeing how it's playing out. But for this week, we have canceled our Wednesday night gathering, which is our Bible study time. And we are going to utilize some different teachers that we have in our church. So, for instance, here's what it looks like if we have to go more than one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. So starting tomorrow night, which is a Wednesday night, I'm going to utilize YouTube Live And I'm going to utilize this at our normal 
worship time is their normal Bible study time at 6.30 p.m. So I'm going to go online, YouTube. I'll give all of our people the link. That way they can still interact because our Wednesday evening Bible studies are, are a dialogue instead of a lecture. So everybody kind of communicates and we talk through the scripture and dig deep down into the word of God. We're going through the book of Proverbs on Wednesday night. So I'm going to open up the word to Proverbs chapter 6 and I'm going to begin to teach through it from my home office on YouTube Live. And we're going to encourage our people to talk to give feedback, to give prayer requests, because there's a chat function that they can talk with on there. We've canceled our Sunday morning Sunday school, so we will not gather a Sunday school. And as of right now, we are still going to gather on Sunday morning with a modified worship gathering, worship time. And what I mean by that is we are going to modify what the worship team looks like and our our music guy is on top of that right now as we speak. He is uh, he has a plan in place and what that's going to look like. And we're going to try to get in and get out a little quicker. So we're going to take back and instead of doing four songs, we're going to go do two or three. Uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> still do our prayers, our call to worship, all those things. We're going to put our offering at the end of service, and we're going to have them in baskets next to deacons standing outside. As they people go out, they're able to just drop their offering in baskets. That way they're not passing it. We're not doing bulletins. We're not passing out anything. We're going to encourage people not to shake hands. So there's a lot of different things that you can do, but that's just kind of what we're going to be doing, at least for this week. Now, all that could change Thursday when our elders meet, and we might have to cancel everything depending on what's going on in the world and what we're advised to do or not advised to do. So we're monitoring it closely. I would encourage you, pastor and elders, to monitor the situation closely as well. I know you already are. But I would say this in closing. Don't be arrogant and stand up and say, well, I'm meeting just because nobody's going to tell me not to meet. Use wisdom. Use discernment. Listen to your healthcare professionals. Listen to your congregation. Listen to people that you're around on a daily basis. Don't make a, a silly decision based off uh, arrogance or ego. And I hope nobody listening would do that, but we have to say that because it is very possible that that could uh, be something that keeps people continuing to meet. So don't keep meeting out of arrogance and take seriously this health, this health crisis that we're in right now. Love your people well, make sure they're communicated with well, and give God glory, exalt Christ, equip the saints, and encourage them, protect them, watch over them during this time and do it all again for the glory of God. So I hope that this has been some help of kind of what to do, but the biggest thing that we need to do, brothers and sisters, is we don't need to tear down any churches or leadership over the decisions they've made regarding their gatherings on Sunday and midweek. That's not godly. It causes divisions, and we don't need to be a part of uh, any divisions we need to build one another up as we give God glory. So I hope this has been some sort of help to you. Uh, I'd love to know what you're doing. You can respond on Twitter, Facebook, send an email, Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to know what your church is doing, how you're handling the situation, how you're monitoring it, who you're listening to for advice, and uh, what your plan is moving forward. So feel free to reach out to me, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this just quick podcast about some thoughts on when to cancel church. Uh, I know that we didn't answer many questions, but hopefully there's some insight given and something that you can take away and uh, that would benefit your church. 
So until next time, thank you for listening. Have a great week. Honor the Lord in all you do. And God bless.